Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at Benetar Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Our podcast today is Rosh Hashanah Reflections for Parents, a new year, a good year. I have three guests at the square table with me today who've been thinking and talking about how the Jewish New Year is different from the January 1st New Year. The theme we are drawn to in family time classes is Rosh Hashanah Reflections, looking back over the last year at ourselves and our relationships with our children, what we knew, what we learned, how we grew, and what are our hopes and commitments for the new year. Of course, that process of reflection usually brings us to mistakes and forgiveness. I am at the square table today with Allison Sherman, who recommended this topic, Rabbi David Englander, and Jessica Turnoff-Ferrari. I'm excited to hear their thoughts, impressions, and meaning of the High Holy Days for this year. Allison, will you get us started? Sure. Thanks, Karen. Um, so I actually recommended this topic because something was brought to my attention that I thought was so interesting, and that is the traditional greeting that we do for Rosh Hashanah is Lashana Tova. And, you know, we all think that, well, I shouldn't say, I definitely thought um, that it meant Happy New Year. <clears throat> And that was the greeting, but it's actually much more than that. And Rabbi Englander can definitely touch on this more from a rabbinic standpoint, but from what I understand, um, it means a good year. And so, um, you know, that goodness is actually much deeper and it's much different than, you know, Happy New Year, like we say on December 31st when we are celebrating and, and drinking and partying, and it's much more um, introspective. And it's much deeper than that. And so I thought this was a really interesting topic. Um, and it's an interesting way to look at this holiday for us as people um, and as parents, too. Okay, I want to turn it to Rabbi, but I also want to ask you one question before I do. And that sure. is what that personal click was for you, what that meant to you um, as a mom, as a woman, for your family, for how you're preparing for the holidays this year. I think it was, it was the word, a good year. You know, what makes a year good? Um, you know, goodness is so vast. Um, but, you know, happy, Rabbi Steinhardt had said something that I thought was interesting. And, you know, happiness is fleeting. You can't be happy all the time. But goodness can truly be in everything. And you have control over that. Seeing the good in people. Um, believing the good in a situation or in someone, um, appreciating goodness. And so I think that was the key word. And it takes that, some of the pressure and stress off a little bit, maybe, in terms of like being a, you know, like 
having your children be happy, having yourself be happy. Yeah, because, right, nobody can be happy all the time. That's unrealistic. But you can be, you can be grateful for the good okay. in, in everything. All right, Rabbi. You, you remind me of a quote that's uh, attributed to Abraham Joshua Heschel, which I love, which uh, he is uh, uh, attributed as having said, uh, when I was younger, I admired uh, smart people. And as I grew older, I admired kind people. And uh, goodness and kindness in our tradition are absolutely linked. Uh, and um, so I think the rabbi is right that uh, happiness uh, on a permanent basis is a, a very difficult and maybe unattainable level of uh, living. But, uh, but goodness and hopefully at least an attempt toward kindness, uh, which is so much uh, of what our commitments this time of year are really about. Uh, when we talk about being a little bit better, you know, most people aren't talking about being, well, a little bit richer, my portfolio being a little bit larger. They're talking about how I've interacted with the world and especially those nearest to me. Uh, uh, over this past year, you know, and uh, what I'm hoping to try to accomplish in those relationships over the course of uh, the coming year. Um, this uh, notion of Shana Tovah is wishing people a good year is also really meaningful and a great, uh, a great insight. The, um, the word Shana is actually from the Hebrew uh, infinitive uh, verb root, Lishanot, right, which means to change. And it's still utilized in modern Hebrew. So you can understand quickly the connection between the word change and the word year. After all, this is when we flip the calendar. This is when 5776 becomes 5777. And so we're, we're changing the year quite, uh, quite specifically. But we're also hoping for some, some different kinds of change. And so when we wish people a good year, we're also wishing them even technically and even linguistically a good change. May the changes that are inevitable in your life May at least uh, many of them break your way, uh, and may the ones that are, are within your control, and even some of the ones that are not within your control, uh, be uh, you know be productive and meaningful and, and good and, and kind. And how's that different from a New Year's resolution in a secular sense? Uh, my sense is that culturally, our New Year's resolutions have to do mostly with um, uh, with outer appearances um, and not so much with inner. Uh, reflection and uh, deep introspection. I, I don't want to. I don't want to flush out entirely the possibility that there are people who make, uh, you know, commitments to, uh, you know, deeper change, if you will, uh, on uh, on December thirty first. They might, but I think that uh, in our culture, at least, you know, December thirty first New Year's resolutions are almost by definition designed not to last. Uh, you know, we we we, we make right, them. The but gyms we know are busy for happen. the first week exactly, of the new year. The best, and... the best possible uh, example. And we know also that even when we try to do some, you know, sort of deeper soul work, that some of it is not going to stick. But the attempt, at least, is uh, for something that is, uh, uh, you know, perhaps uh, a little bit, uh, you know, deeper or or on the uh, higher level of uh, of meaningfulness. Uh, I, I don't. You know, I don't know that most people come into Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur and really put the work in and are thinking about things that are, are not really central to their lives. My sense is on December 31st, people might not be thinking about centrality. They might be thinking about <laughs> something uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, right. per, a little bit more peripheral. So they tell me. So they tell me. Yeah. Jessica, so what does it? What are you thinking about Rosh Hashanah? And um, yeah, I love what you said about goodness is vast because. You know, there's a lot of options at this time of year. You can, you know, go to synagogue and sort of put in your time and sit there and have nothing happen at all. Um, or you can think about, um, I, I, I like uh, Viktor Frankl's pursuit of a meaningful life instead of happiness, um, much more lasting. And it also can help you um, 
take those events that might not break your way um, and make some meaning of them. And so to find some, you know, if not goodness, some value and some way to, um, you know, align, align yourself with our core values and what we're really here to do. So, so as a mom, as a cantor, oh as a therapist, yeah. what does this, the upcoming weeks mean or represent for you this year and the journey of years past? Okay, so, um, man, it feels like this year, now that my kids are four and seven, it doesn't feel nearly as desperate as it has in years past. So it does get, you know, <laughs> there's light at the end of the sort of babyhood um, tunnel. I, I, just, I just remember you know, years where I was like, oh my God, I might not make it through the service without throwing up. Like, I was pregnant. You felt that. I felt that oh, because li- I was literally pregnant. just. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the FEMA. Only because my mom asked me, like, she came to me and said, our parents bought tickets in the main sanctuary for next yes. for, And she's like, I don't know if I can come with the baby. And I'm like, well, how of could you course. not come with the baby? Of like, she's course. like, but what yes. if the baby's annoying? What if the baby's this? And I was like, you can walk out. You can walk. You can move. You yes. can you can shuffle. You know, you can regroup. You can it's, do a- It's an event for people in all different phases of life and, you know, and phases of um, acceptance of what is in their lives. So and the stress so of yes. having those out of those uncontrollable moments with very young children. I um, think that that's perfect. <laughs> those are perfect conditions for the holidays <laughs> because the reality is, look, you, you play the hand you're dealt in life. And this is, these holidays are not about changing the hand. They're about how you want to play it. How you, what are you going to do with what you, what you have and what you're given? So, um, so a lot of, if we go back to change the focus from happy, change the focus from the superficial, then, then what I hear you saying is that we really have to accept, there has to be this acceptance of our children as they are, of ourselves in whatever stage we're at, that there has to be this real honesty about where our lives are and where the, I, I like when you're saying where the breaks are, because how life breaks is... I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like really holding on to that image a lot here. But so it's feeling better for you. So much better. Um, I mean, my children still won't be with me for the main service. Because you're working. Yeah. But it's it's still it's awkward. You know, at what age? What do you tell them at me? What do you tell them? about? So they're the still meeting? coming to the kids service. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny. I was talking to Sadie, who's seven, about, you know, what what does this holiday mean to you? And she said, um, Jewish people? <laughs> said yes, there's Jewish people involved. What you know? What, what is this new new year about? And she's like, um, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm like, no, that was Shiva. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good question. I'm going to ask everybody this question: Is how do you explain High Holy Days so to young I children? So I you know, it's a new it's a new year. It's different from the new year where we celebrate and have lots of food and noisemakers and things like this. It's a quieter kind of new year, and we think about, you know, how. Um, the year has gone and how we'd like the new year to go. And for me, I, there's been a lot of studies that came out this year on gratitude, and this is not news to the Jewish people. Pretty much all of our prayers are about gratitude. But um, so we started playing a game in the car, which I find really useful for these holidays, because I think if you go into the holiday season with a, a great sense of mirth and uh, appreciation and gratitude for all of the things that you do have, it sort of lessens your defenses when you think about the ways that you might not have been on the mark, and I think you can go deeper into that. Now, this might not translate to our kids, but that's that's what I'm thinking when I play this game with them. So um, I'm really sick of 
I spy because it's, okay. it's boring. Um, and I'm sick of picking out something blue or white. So now we're playing I spy with my inner eye. And you have to think of something that you're grateful for because <laughs> I find that much more interesting than like a white thing over there. And it's adorable. It's so what funny. What kinds of like, things have they been saying? Oh my God, it's so cute. So Eliana, pretty much every time I can guess that the first thing that she's going to say is I spy, I spy with my inner eye something red. And I'm like, okay, is it something that you can see or touch or no? Because sometimes it's something like laughter or, you know, something that's, that doesn't have shape. Um, so hers is always red and it's always her heart because that's where she creates love. Perfect. And you're writing all these down, right? <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. No, I have not yet, but I will. <laughs> okay. Um, ha- Rabbi Tuyo. from young children through school-aged children, how would you like to explain the high holidays um it's not it's not easy by any means uh it never is uh judaism is sometimes described as an adult religion that we make palatable for little kids um but i think uh it's only in the past few generations that we've really focused on the individual needs of the child and tried to really enrich their their holiday experience um I sometimes ask people, you know, my age or a little bit older or younger, what they remember about the holiday <laughs> experience. And it's a lot of hallway time and a lot of parking lot time and uh, not a lot of uh, introspection, uh, you know, time or encouragement to, uh, to do so. So my, my first, you know, my first offering, if you will, is that it, a lot of this is up to the parents and not so much in terms only of specific activities or conversations, but by what our kids are seeing us do in preparation for the holidays. And I don't just mean cooking. I don't just mean, you know, setting the table nicely or, or, or uh, you know, the physical things. But if we anticipate the holidays with a bit of sincerity and joy, they're going to pick up on that because they pick up on everything. Uh, if we say, oh, God, got to go to synagogue again. It's going to be a lot of hours. I'll pick you up later. I'll see you. i got to go to synagogue. It's that, it's that whole... Um, that, uh, that that communicated message is really clear. And so even if we have to fake it just a little bit, uh, you know, I'd like or to... Or see the shul, see that sanctuary, see that bima with new eyes and wonder as if your child is seeing it for the first time. For sure. try And that that um, that absolutely, you know, we say um, every every time the Torah is removed from the Ark, I think, certainly on all of the holidays, we say, chadesh yamenu kekedem, right? Renew our days, kekedem. And kekedem often is translated as in days of old, but it's also interpreted to be renew our days or our vision or, or our feelings or our sight as when we were young, yeah. right? The sense of uh, letting go of some of the cynicism, the you know, that we, this, the, the cynicism that we develop over, over time. And so uh, it also means to renew our days as when we were in the East. And East uh, here is not referring to Israel, but is instead referring to uh, Eden, uh, the Garden of Eden. And so there's a, a sense of uh, everything being new, you know, at that uh, at that point. So if we try to do the work ourselves, I can almost guarantee that kids will uh, will pick up on that. I, I'd like to think in our house, even though it does get a little bit stressy, uh, that would be uh, thanks to uh, thanks to me and I, I think me only. Uh, the kids know that we take these holidays both seriously, but that I also really, really enjoy them. I speak publicly and privately about how these are my favorite holidays of the year um, because because of the Jews, right? Believe it or not. <laughs> because we're all together and it's a, it's, a, it's a family and sort of a tribal reunion as it's been, uh, as it's been described. And because of the opportunity, you know, to, to pause and to really think and to, and to reach uh, as deeply down as we can. So what's our job? It's to try to, to ask our kids the right questions in the right way in a way that they can relate to. And, um, uh, you know, for us and for them, these holidays are about looking back on the year that we had 
and uh, both what we did right and what we did wrong. And sometimes I think we de-emphasize the places where we did make the, uh, the correct turn or the correct choice. And we're allowed to reaffirm uh, those, uh, those choices and those decisions. And I would start with kids asking them what went well over the course of this past year, right? What are they, what are they proud of? Where did they, where did they do something uh, that, that made their, their heart feel uh, you know, joyful? And then we make that turn you know, to what, what didn't go as well and what we might have done differently. And then this notion of tshuva, this notion of repentance or returning, which we can certainly talk uh, much more uh, about, is also about what we plan to do when we're faced with a similar situation. What, would we ha- what should we have done differently and what do we plan to do differently this year? I think there's a reason we call it renewal instead of reinvention. I know the Hebrew word for renewal, and I know you know the Hebrew word for returning, but I know the Hebrew word for reinvention because I'm not positive there is one. We are, as Jessica said before, sort of stuck. I don't know if you said this exactly, don't put words in your mouth. We're sort of stuck with what we have, right? We have a hand that we've been dealt that has to do with our, our physical lives and so much else about what um, you know our lives have have become. So we have to we have to play that hand. We do have to deal with that particular stuff of our lives, and we have to you know, try to try to commit and do the best we can to uh, do the best we can, you know, with uh, with all of that. Uh, newness is not something that we are going to uh, achieve. And uh, I think it's, you know, an important message to live by and want to transmit to children in in their in their own uh, in their own way. But refresh uh, a sort of feeling of being refreshed, certainly a feeling of being um, returned, you know, to something closer to that that more ideal version of ourselves is absolutely part and parcel of, of what these holidays are all about for all ages. And that is so huge in terms of what's, how that separates this new year from the secular new year because there, there, that time for that pause is so extraordinary and that time of not changing into something other than ourselves, but changing, but still connected. And I, and I do think that that is a Jewish tradition that, as an observer, that I can see gives it such depth and richness and foundation. Um, I want to take a second just on that pause, because for parents out there, New Year in January 1st, I mean, what is that, December 31st to January 1st, done. You're on, and then you're like, it's forgotten, and you move forward. This is, these are bookend holidays. This is, or for us here at B'nai Torah, we're celebrating a whole month of, of all the holidays where there is, our whole schedules are changed, and there is this time. So for children to know that you have this huge pause where you can step back from life um, and be part of a family, a community, or time for yourself is huge. I want to just add, when, when Rabbi says, when you ask your children what have they done well, if you have a very young child, just pull out those pictures and ask them how they've grown. Just ask how they've grown. It can be so clear because every child will be proud of their growth. And, and maybe we could be so bold as to look at ourselves as still growing in that way. Um, I want to go to, uh, to Allison. How will you explain or how are you explaining um, this, these weeks? now with your new perspective with my new perspective um well i mean it's still it's still really hard to get the message um to children when they're this young i mean my littlest one really all she can think about is apples dipped in honey i mean and and that's okay you know if that's what she (laughs) see again because i have a two-year-old brain like for me (laughs) i think i i just think that they are, they are little philosophers, that they are deep, that they want to think, that they connect with emotions. And so I, I am of, you know, like I, 
revel and cherish that I get to take this and make it somehow meaningful for children who are pre-verbal, pre-rational, or in a different experience than the grown-up wisdom, but just a sweet new year. So, yes. I mean, when you, when you said you wanted this topic, I was like, good or new, I can just handle sweet. Right. Because and if I can just savor the sweetness, then I've got the joy. Then I've got hope. Then I've got possibility. Anyway, so, right. so and we but actually, apples and honey are okay. Yes, if so, we so that's it. what that's what she's kind of focused on right now. And um, you know, with my older one who's five, you know, she views this time as, you know, when you say you're sorry. I guess they must have, you know, yeah, focused, I want to go, go there. They, too. they focused yep. a lot on that, I think, when, when she was in school here and um, you know, so she really um, focuses on that, you know, that you you say you're sorry. And of course it's a time when the whole family is together, you know, with everyone being so busy. I think that that is so crucial and so beautiful, you know, that it's not just us, our immediate family, but it's the extended family of aunts and uncles and cousins and, you know, just such a beautiful time to come together when it is surrounded by tradition. And I, I mean, I just, I love this time when we all come together and we all go to different services and we all talk about the rabbi sermons. Okay, and Tell me about we, the services from your perspective and from the children's perspective. Well, I mean, so, you know, we we always look forward to um, enjoying a service together, um, which you know this synagogue offers, and so do many others. That there's um, a family experience, which is really beautiful. I still remember a story that I learned at a family service. I think it was two or three years ago. I can't remember when it was, but I remember this story. It just stuck with me as so beautiful and so meaningful that there was. A bird and he was tasked by God to find the hardest words to say and he went around the world he flew around the world trying to find the hardest words and people were saying oh it must be supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and you know or it must be you know and it was all these words that were really hard to say these tongue twisters and he went around and he kept trying to find this hardest word. And then finally he went back to God and he said, God, I'm sorry, I can't find the hardest word. And God said, you did, you found it. I'm sorry is the hardest word. And so that's a story that has stuck with me. Um, and maybe that's why with Rebecca, that's a, such a central, um, central theme, but also, you know, like you said, the notion of sweetness, we are actually starting a new tradition this year where we're having a dessert party and we're opening it up to our friends and family, whoever wants to come, kind of just an open house. Um, and the whole notion is, you know, everybody bring a dessert and we're just celebrating sweetness and goodness and Perfect. deliciousness. Perfect. Okay, <laughs> so let's continue on the I'm sorry on making amends. I'm still on a dessert party, sorry. <laughs> Isn't that a good idea? That's a good idea. Um, and, the, and the idea of um, living with mistakes and imperfection. Um, as a mom, as, a, as, as, for, your, as for your children. Um, yeah, so I don't think it's all that different for ourselves than it is for other people. I just, in the last few weeks, um, I, I find myself with every single therapy client saying like, gosh, you know, it sounds like you're pretty hard on yourself. I'm not sure that you would ever be that hard on anybody else. And they're like, oh no, that would be awful. <laughs> so for me, you know, as we 
look at the ways yeah. that we have not really been in alignment with who we are or who we could be. You know, whoops. But isn't that something <laughs> in a Jewish tradition that that allows for imperfection, for mistakes, for being, for belonging regardless of, I mean, isn't that part of it, the Yom Kippur? I would say so. We're together that, as a community, but I think that people are still tremendously skilled at beating themselves up in a way that, that okay, what uh, doesn't if Jewish really lend guilt, itself. What if Jewish guilt creates the opportunity? Go ahead, Rabbi. I don't know where I'm leading you on this. But I think there is something about this atonement. I, I don't know. If, I don't know. If permission to you know make these mistakes or or, or sin in religious terms is uh, is the way I would sort of quantify it or describe it. But certainly understanding that it is inevitable. I mean, there there are yeah. two images that come to mind. You know, one is this notion that you know if you've been uh, you know sort of paraphrasing here, but if you've been uh, you know. All, all good, then you really don't have to do the high holidays. You'll be fine. And if you've been all bad, then you really shouldn't bother either because, you know, you're pretty much, you know, you're pretty much too far gone. But nobody is in either of those categories, you know, in terms of our, our traditional approach. Everybody has something to be thinking about. And um, by definition, you know, maybe we tried our hardest not to, not to do anything to offend or to hurt. But because we're human, we probably did. And even if we can't think of anything and most of us can, by the way, but even if we can't think of anything that we did on purpose, Judaism also believes that that which we do, not on purpose, both of which are concepts that are easily translated to kids, also count, you know, kind of against us, if you will, and that's something to, to think about, the ways that we might have uh, put out something less than our best. And, you know, the other example of this that comes to mind, you know, is right before Kol Nidre, which is the, 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 the you know, the, the highlight, you know, liturgical moment of probably the whole High Holy Days, uh, you know, this notion of um, annulling vows, the legalistic aspects of it uh, have been uh, probably lost fairly long, uh, long ago. But right before that, we say that we give ourselves permission to pray together with sinners, right? And we're including ourselves in that uh, because nobody has a clean slate coming into these holidays. Everybody has something to be thinking about. And um, in so many ways, both in terms of the, the language in which the uh, liturgy is couched and, and expressed. We pray on the high holy days in the plural form so often, right? Uh, we, uh, we are saying that we did this and we did this, uh, which is a way of saying that uh, I did some of this and you did some of this, but uh, by, by, by failing to take full responsibility, you know, one for each other, we, uh, we didn't come as far as we, we might have uh, come over the, over the past year. So there's individuality and we come to God and we come to each other, you know, as individuals and there's community and we, we come into community, hopefully in large numbers and have a meaningful experience uh, together. And, uh, uh, and we're looking for, uh, you know, a, a bit of you know, self-forgiveness and we're looking for that inner dialogue with God so that we might uh, ask for forgiveness uh, for those things that we you know, might feel were out of our control. Um, and we're, we're hopeful to go into the year with something of a, of, a, of, a, of a clean slate. And that's a tremendous feeling. And I, I want to say, uh, you know, something else about the fasting that goes on. And, um, you know, I, I think I find it easier to fast while I'm so-called working, you know, because it's a lot less to let you don't think about being hungry. You think about, uh, you know, what, what, what page is coming up next. But when you don't eat or drink, you know, and you do this traditionally and, uh, you know, for 25 or, or a couple or, you know, or so hours, you know, you do come out feeling physically a bit different than you did when you went into the holiday. And uh, there's a linkage between that, that physicality of Yom Kippur, which is different than any other day, uh, and the, uh, this feeling of being refreshed uh, afterwards. And we don't do it, we don't do this for that reason. I don't do this for that reason, so that I'll feel 
physically different after it. But there is something very special and very precious about that 25-hour uh, you know, exercise and, and, and opportunity. And it's, uh, it's something that if, um, if, if, if we take advantage of it and embrace it you know, for what it is, even though some of it's a little bit strange, you know, some of it's a little bit antiquated, some of it might not speak to us in our, in our own contemporary language, you know, if you're in a community that you feel attached to and you're with, you know, with clergy that are trying to uh, you know, make it relevant, then I, I really feel like these are some of the most important things that we can be uh, involved with uh, year to year. And uh, it's our opportunity to create memories early on from the apples and honey stage all the way up through uh, the time that a kid might uh, leave our house to go uh, on their own. Well, our job is to create early memories and impressions for these kids so that they might choose, if we're fortunate, you know, to seek out uh, some kind of meaningful expression of of these uh, of these holidays later on. Okay, so now with that visible fasting or the services or whatever you're doing, go back. Let's go back to your. We are the role model for for what this these holy days mean to our children, um, and even in terms of our own f mistakes, forgiveness. How do we let our children see us, witness us as um, as sorry, as making amends, as showing them that emotional journey and then possibly the spiritual journey. Look, I, I think that this this whole, um, not just an exercise, but a, a, you know, a truly, uh, you know, contritely expressed apology, right? I'm sorry, you know, for any way that I might have disappointed you over the course of this year, and I hope that you'll might forgive me. Might have disappointed me, you. I right? mean, just those words for, say it well. You know, for the opportunity to hear a kid, hear, hear, for a kid to hear a parent saying that, whether to a spouse, to a friend, to um, to uh, you know, to some extent, to a congregation, but less so when you have the uh, the, the shield of the uh, of the uh, the uh, division between uh, between pulpit and congregation. Um, you know, we 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 express that, but it's really face to face. It's looking somebody in the eye and saying, you know, if I disappointed you, please know that it wasn't intentional. Please know that I plan to try harder in the coming year. Uh, I, I, okay, I, I have to pause. I mean, if everybody out there could imagine letting your children witness you saying that to family members, to your own mother, to your mother-in-law, to your spouse. I mean, if I disappointed you, if I I mean, that, those, that witnessing, I think, is beautiful. And I have to go back. I have to say, I kind of love that you said your children know that you are bringing the stress into, into that, into the week. And I thought that they would even know that, that you can, I think that's, that says everything. Um, in terms of the role modeling. There, there's also this long-standing tradition of blessing our children, you know, and we, we talk about it on Shabbat, and you're, you're maybe the world's ranking expert, Karen, on the, the power of blessing children it. before Shabbat. But there's a special, you know, there are special High Holy Day blessings. And you don't need to pick up a, a Mox or a High Holy Prayer book to be able to say, you know, to a, a child, you know, we almost, it's, it can be an, almost an apology couched in future-oriented language. You know, uh, in, the, in the coming year, here, I want to tell you what I hope for you. This is what I really hope you're going to have and we're going to have as a family together. And say it that's and a write way of it saying that keep it somewhere. A kid Post will know it. if that's different than what took place in the past year, and they'll know uh, intuitively in their own way that, um, you know, everybody's going to try a little bit differently, you know, in the coming year. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll slip and fall because that's yeah. what we do, and we'll also, you know, succeed and, uh, and, and rise. Um, but uh, but that that's this pause button. That's this opportunity to, to on different different levels, perhaps depending on uh, ages, depending on you know priorities, etc. But this is this is what, what what I'd like to get across most of all is that this is really an opportunity and not a burden. This is uh, this is a gift, uh, you know, and not a, a a rock to push up a hill. So um, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, everybody you know listening and certainly everyone around the table will feel that personally and will feel that in the families too. We do, Allison. 
How do how can I follow that? <laughs> yes, you can't because we're going to make it personal because it's got to be how you, how we're going to live it, how we feel it, how we hold it. Sure. Um, you know, again, I think, you know, because the kids are so young, it's, it's hard to express that. Um, but... You know, like I said, when we get together around the Rosh Hashanah table with our extended family and we're all talking about our synagogue experiences and we are, I think, you know, it's just like Rabbi said, we have to express the joy in that. And, you know, we all went to our different services and then we all came together and, you know, this is one of one of the times during the year we're fortunate this isn't the only time but um you know it's it's really a beautiful um kickoff if you will to to you know a beautiful year ahead we hope and um, it is this affirmation for you and and why you feel hesitant in this moment to be as articulate as rabbi yes i do what you're saying (laughs) for everybody out there is well, I can't do this like Rabbi can do it. I And here's what I need you to know, and I want you to be the conduit to tell everybody out there, and that sure. is, I'm lost, I'm confused, like, I don't... But but that it's, it goes to Jessica's point, it's the search for meaning. It's yes. the search for relevance. It's right. the search for how do I create this experience, and, and wherever I am this year is perfect. It is because you wanting it for your family is making it so. And... Right. I mean, and this year gives you an opportunity, almost, um, you know, you're you're almost commanded to do it, right, to, to look inside. But I think, I mean, as, as parents, we probably do it all the time. You know, what can we do better? And how can we be better? Um, how can we be more present for our children? And there are plenty of opportunities to do that. It's just that we are never, set, you know, told, here, you do, do this now. You're commanded to do this. Um, and I think that that's also pretty powerful. Making those questions visible, making that journey visible to your children mm-hmm. and your family. It's why I'm so committed to this week of reflections in my in right. my space over there. Because it's like, if you get 20 minutes to sit and fill out a piece of paper or just think while you're driving in your car, then that pause is is will bring some extra meaning, joy, peace, and connection. And that's why I said, I'm sorry, one more thing. Um, And that's why I said the whole thing about the, um, you know, the the family getting together and everything. That's really the only tradition. That's that's what we have. The rest of it is just, you know, it, it... it comes from within, and it's it's based on the year, and it's based on the day, and um, you know, we don't have necessarily an open conversation around the holidays about this specifically, but it's a conversation that happens all year round. It's an ongoing, it it's an ongoing can. conversation. This is just a time where you're forced to stop and and do it. She turned it into the rock. No. <laughs> Jessica. So I'm so excited right now because I realize that I I have not actually sat down with my kids or you know in the car just said hey you know what's what's important to you about what we're creating for this coming year and what do you think you know because I know I have the things in my head oh I'm really sorry that I yelled that time and I'm sorry about you know whatever things that I'm sorry about but a lot of times I notice they don't care that much about those things they have other things they're like you know exactly we don't want you to go to work because we want you to stay here with us wow um okay let's see I don't know what we could do about that maybe you can come with me 
I don't know. Um, but but yeah, goodness is vast. I'm gonna. This is gonna be my. Thank you for that. Goodness is vast. So I guess we need a compass to figure out which thread of goodness we want to follow. There's a lot. It's too much to do. So and the listening. I'm gonna ask my kids. <laughs> and the listening for our children. I know Rabbi has to go and do a sound check. Um, <laughs> last closing statement from Rabbi. How have you got this for this year, for this moment, for right now? Uh, my, my sense is that, you know, people are feeling, you know, generally speaking, pretty anxious this, uh, this year uh, about so many different things. And, you know, part of it and you know, the United States, of course, is that it's, uh, it's, it's an election year and we're pretty bifurcated, uh, you know, on that, uh, on that level. And, um, you know, choice with, with, with choice comes both, you know, responsibility and, um, and, a sense of, uh, and a sense of uncertainty. And that's all reflected, I think, in this time of year as well. So what I'm, what I'm trying, the message I'm trying to articulate these, uh, these holidays is that um, it is true that there is bad stuff out there. There's bad stuff out there in our world. There's bad stuff out there uh, in our, even in our, 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 our nation, our communities. Um, and there are, are times where we can step up and try to do something about that. But it's more often that the only thing we can really do is, you know, try to be one of the one of the good guys. You know, we're our, our opportunity to do goodness uh, out in the world and in our homes is. Uh, is unbounded and unlimited, and um, our, our potential is great. And so, uh, our hope is that my hope is that uh, we won't uh, fully internalize the negativity that's around us, but instead look to you know do some introspection and then uh, turn that around into something you know really positive and um, to have that good change you know that we're that we're all seeking this time of year. Especially. Good change. Thank you, Rabbi. So, Allison, how have you got this for right now for this year? For this year, um, I'm really going to hold on to the notion of a good year and really try to look for the good, seek out the good, express goodness, um, appreciate goodness, and I'm really going to hold on to that. Um, and I'm going to try to move away from the happy new year and really um, focus on the good. Thank you so much for sharing that message with us today. Jessica. So I am thrilled because it seems there's just no wrong answer, you know, because there's a lot of ways to express it and to appreciate it and to be be with the good. So um, I think for this year, when I have my doubts, I'm just going to ask my kids. I love it. I love it. Because they've got the wisdom and they've got the insights. A lot of goodness. A ton of goodness. Thank you all. Shana Tova, have a good, sweet, fabulous So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Tor Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.